For episode lucky number 13, we're going to go to Dallas and Thomas Harley, our fourth defenseman in our series here. And uh, Thomas does not disappoint with a large number of great talking points from a player development perspective, so I'm excited to dig into him. Now, he's only played 34 NHL games in the regular season, uh, so he's really brand new in the NHL. Um, he was up at the beginning of November. He didn't play in the NHL outside of one game in January. And then he was back for the stretch run. And I took four games in mid-March. Three of them were against playoff teams uh, to get a sense of, of really where Thomas is at and 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 get an understanding of, of his game and his habits. And so the first talking point is tactical skating. So Thomas, by all accounts, is a very good skater. He can get up and down the rink exceptionally well. Uh, he skates forwards in particular really well, and his backwards crossovers are very powerful. And uh, he, he's able to cover a lot of ground when he wants to in a very short period of time. So the issue is not the physical skating ability. It's how it's applied. And the tactical skating is the fascinating topic that Thomas bubbles up to the surface for us in this one. So tactical skating is skating to create a competitive advantage over someone or to neutralize an advantage over someone. And so where Thomas runs into tactical, tactical skating challenges is in his backpedal or rush defense. Uh, it's very windy. And he uses a lot of lateral movement and crossovers inside of his lateral movement, which creates windows of exposure. And what happens in this windows of exposure is that he can be manipulated. He can be moved around, even though he's got a, he's a very, he's really tall. He's 6'3", um, so he's got a really big wingspan. And then with his skating, he can really move, he can cover a lot of ground, but the good news can often be the bad news. So what this, what our discussion is around his skating is that a lot of the strengths, the real strengths, can also be a source of issue. And that's the kind of exciting part to dig into with a player like this. So when you're, when you're windy, what I mean by that is if you can picture him at the offensive blue line, the other team starts to break out. He's going to take like three crossovers that move him in an arc to then establish a line. So let's say he was standing on the dot line at the blue line. So now he takes off. When he, when he crosses over, he's crossing over three steps like to the middle of the ice to then come back to the dot line. That's windy when he could just go straight down the dot line with a utilization of different skating skills. So it's not necessarily... He's a bad skater and needs to learn to skate better. It's his utilization of skating tactics for the purpose of creating competitive advantage. So where this becomes an issue is that he doesn't establish a solid defensive line. And so what I mean by that is when, when, when kids, young defensemen are growing up, the, one of the first things that they're taught is you want to play your your outside shoulder with their inside shoulder. 
so that you've established one side of the ice. So you're, you're, you're giving them like the outside area and you keep them on that shoulder. If they move inside, you move inside. You try to establish and maintain that shoulder. At no point do you want to have this forward directly in front of you because when they're directly in front of you, any deception that they make, you have to go for it because they could go either direction. They can they can beat you on both sides. They have equal access to both sides of your body because you're dead square to them. So I call this shoulder square. Okay, so you don't want to be shoulder square when you're defending. You want to be off center with your your outside shoulder on their inside shoulder or thereabouts. So what happens to Thomas? is that when he's windy, he finds himself overrunning the defensive line. And he ends up in this square position, shoulder square position, often. And it just gives up a leverage position, and it puts more pressure on him and his skating than it does on the offensive player. The offensive player is then in a position of leverage and can leverage that position to be manipulative. And that's the issue. So when I'm watching, he gives, when he's winding backwards in these crossovers, he gives up that line. And he he either doesn't get to the line and he gives up too much space beside him or he gives up, because he's got powerful crossovers, when he accelerates, he gives up frontal space or space in front of him and and the check. And then that allows the check to then come across his body or he overruns the line altogether and gets directly in front, and now the guy has access to both sides of his body. So it's tactical tactical acceleration, tactical skating to understand where these lines are and to work yourself back line. So if we watch like his partner in this in this in the three well four games that I watched was Klingberg. Now, Klinberg, I've always had a problem with Klinberg's skating. I've studied his skating quite often because I come back to just this whole situation. And I don't, Klinberg is not a client of mine, but he's a player that is fascinating to me. And so I have studied him before. And so when I saw that Harley was playing with him, I'm like, okay, like this will be fascinating because now I get a chance to really see Klinberg again. So, the situation with Klinberg is he uses these backwards crossovers as well. And I've always thought, you know what? I think Klingberg could do well with updating his skating in the sense of using different uh, tactical skills uh, to be able to get where he wants to go. That he doesn't have to use these crossovers. He overuses these crossovers at different times. That's just my personal opinion. I've just been fascinated to see if he's going to at some point drop these things in. Now, what Klinberg is good at is he when he winds to the position, he gets on the line. And he puts himself in very good competitive situations in which he can assume control of space. And so when he's defending... His backpedal acceleration, while I don't like it, is effective. It's very very similar to the work we did uh, before when we were talking about players who absorb. So we have, we have Bouchard absorbing, and I'm like, look, that's not my stuff. I don't love that whole absorb. Like, why would you give up that kind of space? And then not only that, you give up this acceleration space. You give him a runway to accelerate at you. He's going to improve his ability to create the differentials. 
Now you've given up the differential possibility. Now you have to defend at a deficit differential. To me, I don't love that, but he's very good at it. So I got to let that go. I mean, that's an area. He's, he doesn't, he gets himself, in my mind, I'm watching and I'm like, you know, this skating gets himself, there's, there's some exposure here. But then at the moment of truth, he doesn't ha- he's not exposed. He doesn't put himself in that exposure. That's Klingberg. He doesn't. He gets himself all the way into that moment, but then at the time, he's on the right. He's on point. This is where Harley needs to improve. If he's going to use these backwards crossovers, he's got to find a line more consistently. Otherwise, he is going to get manipulated, and he's going to get moved around. Like there's a clip that I have where he's playing against Panarin, and the play goes rink wide on an exit to Panarin. And Harley's in the middle of the ice, skates forwards and comes at Panarin. So he's doing a forward angle to come and get him in the neutral zone. Panarin kind of invites him in. And then Harley, at, in, the, in the moment of truth, he flips his feet. So it's like almost at the worst possible time, he flips his feet. And so instead of going forwards, now he's flipped and he's going to go backwards. Well, at that moment, you can see Panarin, he then goes to his heels. So every good player uh offensive genius in these one-on-ones like a Panarin as soon as he sees your heels he's coming he's coming after those heels so you don't want to give them to him because if you give him the heels he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna hurt you and in in this case he Harley was able to survive the one-on-one he got a uh, Panarin mishandled the puck he got a stick on it and it was no harm no foul but he had positioned himself where I felt like he was coming into a good spot. He gets into the good spot, and in that moment, he compromises his position and creates, gives away an advantage. He gives the advantage away, gives it to the, to the offensive player. Now, there's only so many times you can do that, and eventually it'll catch up to you. So the issue is, is that when you're moving backwards on an arc laterally, what happens is, is that the, it allows the forward to take control of your, of your feet and the space. It allows you to be double-crossed. So he can cross one way, then cross the other, put you in a bad spot. He can force you into a pivot before you, you want. You, he might invite you into a pivot before you want to. It puts you in, uh, he, he's, he puts you in these recovery lines. So you, you gotta, you're, you're always accelerating into an, a recovery line rather than trying to uh, instead of having a, a line that is that is an advantage for you, a competitive advantage, you're now recovering into these positions. And so the more you can recover more you're recovering into these positions, the more trouble that you're inviting. And so uh, this is a this is a big opportunity, I think, for Harley as he as he develops because he is a good skater, but his utilization of skating tactically has it needs to go get to an NHL level for him to really be able to be trusted, um, which is like I said, that's part of part and parcel of playing in the NHL. Is first you create trust, then you create opportunity, and uh, and so you can see there's moments where I was watching and I was like, he's a, he's got exposure here. He's put himself in a spot where there's exposure. So I think that that's a fascinating thing. The other thing that he'll do is he'll swing away. So this is another habit. So it's it's a guy 
that's six foot three who's used to using his skating and using wider surface area to be able to do it. And he does this a lot. So swing away means let's say the opponent is in the in their defensive zone and you're kind of like uh coming into the into the offensive zone. So you're just kind of coming into the offensive zone. They have the puck. They look like they're gonna break out, but the puck's on the other side of the rink. So he's a left left shot left defenseman and the puck is on the right side. What he'll do is he will pivot out to the left. So he's going away from the puck. The puck's on the right side. The pivot or turn shouldn't even be a pivot. The turn should be to the inside. Go in towards the middle where the puck side is. A swing away is pivoting to the other side. So now again, you're giving up the middle of the ice now. You're improving. You're expanding the space between you and your partner. When you do that, it creates an exposure the, the the play could come through the middle so this is the kinds of things that i think are interesting and uh and i think that they're they're this is an area of of massive opportunity and i have a, a ton of clips on this with him that i i was really just so intrigued by him because I, I this is a guy who's you're not like oh he's got to skate better he he can skate his skating is very good it's NHL ability but this windy nature makes it really difficult and his inability to consistently grab the best line so when that forward is attacking the the better defensemen they establish the best defensive lines first they get like I told I've said it over and over and over again over this pod these series of podcasts. In the NHL, a body position or positioning in general is not something you want to be chasing. It's something you want to get early. The earlier, the one that gets the position early is typically the one that wins. So if you don't get to that position, you're creating exposures. And over time, exposures catch up to you and the law of averages catch up to you. So what we're trying to do is mitigate the law of averages and so and, and put that in, a, in, a, in, his, in his advantage. The other thing is this whole idea of using a lot of space. So big guy, likes to skates well. He tends to use a lot of space. But the problem is, is that when he's in, there's times where he has to make multiple movements in small area, he loses his balance. He's like falling forward. He doesn't have that balance in the small area change of direction. So that's another area of opportunity. And it affects him in the defensive zone. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't attach well defensively, and so now he has to use a lot of smaller, smaller area skating. So people that, you know, you're going to use your skating for one of two things. You're going to use it to be proactive or you're going to use it reactive. And he tends to be in reaction. And so this is something that I think is a, is a major area of, of opportunity. Um, the other one is retrievals. So as we go kind of through rush defense and then now into the retrieval, one of the things, there's kind of two areas. Number one, he doesn't use his stick well in the pivot. The stick is kind of an afterthought. He throws himself off balance a bit, and that happens. And so the upper body is better when it's leading the lower body, and it can control, and you have better body control and more purpose. It's just going to allow you to get where you want to go, especially a guy who crosses his feet as much as he does when he's backpedaling. Now, the other thing is, is that when you go on a retrieval, which you have, he tries to go, when he goes to retrieval, he's trying to outskate you. 
because he skates so well. Once he pivots, he's looking to gather the puck on an angle and he sprints to get the back of the net and then he peels you off the back of the net, up the ice he comes, and he's very good in that situation. Trouble is, four checkers in the NHL are very good. They tend to be very difficult to manage when you don't deceive them in some way. So if you don't come in and you say, okay, I want to take the back of the net. In order to take the back of the net in the NHL, you have to present as though you're going to go to the corner. And then at the last second, after you've turned the four checkers' feet to the corner, now you flip your feet and then you take the back of the net. There's deception. He doesn't do any of that. That small area skating, that's a major area of opportunity for him. And I, I think... Getting himself in those those situations, I think, would be good. So it's not so not necessarily his skating needs to improve necessarily. It's that it, the utility of the skills needs to be in in concert with the objective. So a lot of times, the skill he's choosing is opposite or is counterproductive to what is needed tactically at that given time whether it's backpedal skating or he swings his hips and pivots. So one of the things he does, which is a, uh, a really challenging skating habit, is he'll skate uh, forwards across the blue line. So we're talking the offensive blue line. He's ready to, you know, he's ready to, uh, to accept the rush defense. So he's skating forwards. He turns. So now he's running parallel to the line. And then he flips his hips. So now he's going backwards parallel to the line. So the line in the pivot is lateral so he was moving forwards along the along the blue line he flips his hips and now he's continuing to go along the blue line so he's moving now laterally inside the pivot and going backwards so now what do you have to do well now you're gonna have to cross your feet three or four times to reestablish the dot line this is the kind of thing where you're putting yourself in awkward spots which is really fascinating Right, but it's not something that's not easily fixed. It's very simple. Listen, just skate forwards, and then when you want to skate backwards, just turn up the ice like towards the direction you really want to go, and then flip your hips. And now you're going backwards down the dot line. You you haven't you know, you've now you've now fixed the problem. It's it's very simple. Again, it's not a same thing where you got to rebuild the skating. It's the tactical application of skating is what the challenge is. It's easily fixed once you understand what needs to happen and where these where these issues are as it relates to tactical application. So this stuff kind of kind of stuff is fascinating because you have a player who's got every tool. It's just when to use what. And I think that that's really cool. The other one is inside edge development, I think is a huge area for him. He crosses his feet so well. I do think his outside edge development is very good. Inside edge, being able to use the inside edge in just straight inside edge, inside edge to inside edge type movements. Now he has a 10 and 2 he uses for protection, um, like puck protection. Uh, but I think that there's not necessarily that. I mean like using inside edge to inside edge to get rid of some of these crossovers that are unnecessary. I think would be really helpful and especially inside pivots and change of direction. So that's, that's good. And I talked to you about the balance. Um, there are times where he's knocks himself off balance. It's part and parcel of him having his feet crossed at the time. 
coming out of a crossing situation while he's trying to accelerate going backwards and then his stick is not leading him so when your stick doesn't lead you it's now running counter it leaves his upper body behind it knocks you off balance so having his stick become more apart which is an important part of also the way he defends so there's a lot there's a lot of layers to this that's why I love this guy I think that he's he's really got some interesting stuff now one of the really good things I love about him is his transition game obviously he's a very good skater he gets out in transition but when you think of it it's like you know a defensive transition and now he can jump and join the rush or he can lead the rush and, and get involved he does all of that he's great where I think his transition game is the best though which I think he could really leverage and become even better is in chip transition so when the puck gets chipped out he is excellent long passer to the anchor or to the middle for for re-entry he finds the middle really well one of the things he does extremely well is he pivots before he touches the puck this is such a big deal on chip recoveries a lot of players they go they get sprint to the puck once they get it then they pivot this guy, he gets, as he's getting to it, he's already flipped backwards. Now he gets it. It just makes him way faster. And he trusts his first read. Well, I'm not surprised he trusts his first read because he saw it earlier than he needed to. He was in in it in forethought or in advance. And he knows where his outs are. He's very good. If he plays with exit kill players, like players who are aggressive on the offensive blue line, like a partner who's aggressive, like a surfer, forward, forward skating defender who likes to put pressure on on exits, or he plays with guys who reload really well and they track really hard and force these chip outs. That's a huge area of opportunity for him because he excels in this part of the game, and I think it's a really interesting part of his game that. I think he probably doesn't get enough credit for, and I see it as a potential real area of opportunity for him offensively. Now, offensively, he wants to skate this puck. He wants to skate the breakout. He's always looking to join the rush. He's really good at becoming the center. So if the if his partner and a and a center and a, and the low forward are below the icing line. He will slide right over and get those pop-outs, and he's ready to go on the exits. He's very, very good, and he's got great speed to join. He can catch up to you. He can lead the rush. Uh, Very good. The issue is on the entry. On the entry in the NHL, you're getting painted, painted into the corner, Um, and I think that the real challenge is trying to uh, work more on the entry of coming through the middle of the ice. And that's the thing he could learn from Klingberg, who does a really good job of this, of attacking the middle of the ice and then being able to play, create a dangerous play on the entry. Thomas is still new to the league. He's only 34 games in. I would imagine with another full year, these he would start to find different areas to be able to, to, be able to, to take more advantage of the entries that he creates. Uh, I, the, one of the things that really highlights it for me, just talking generally now, not about Thomas, but just generally with defensemen, when I was watching him, it highlighted that we really need D to lead the rush and practice more. We need They need more reps. They need more opportunities. they got to attack the middle of the ice with the puck 
in the neutral zone and on entries and they need to understand attacking depth and have a manipulation ability to manipulate uh, defenders on the entry. Like there's just so many things that pop up to me on, uh, on a player like this. I just reminds me of, there's a lot of D that are like this that just need more entry. And one of the things, one of the areas I feel like he could be much better in is the hot zone. So hot zone for me is the top of the circle in the defensive zone to the, to the blue line, the, the offensive blue line. So that whole space there, that's your entry opportunity. He gets there a lot because he does a really good job working off of a hinge with his partner. Him and Klinberg, they have a lot of like, he'll he'll pass to Klinberg and then he dips underneath him and then he builds speed and then gets the puck back. Does this a lot. It's fantastic. But then once he gets going, he think, he's looking to get a personal entry. The play should happen as he's approaching the blue line or in that space between the defensive blue line and the offensive, uh, at the defensive blue line, the red line, that's a chance to move it and keep going. And with his speed, he could keep going and get like ladder plays from the, from the, from the anchor. So there's a lot of things he could do here to rebuild this whole mentality of entries. And I, I think it comes from understanding the hot zone and having a plan. He, I think, has grown up, particularly like whether it's through minor hockey and in the OHL, that he could just skate the puck between the two blue lines, no problem, get the entry, everyone's backing off because of how fast he is, off you go. That's just not the NHL. They're, everybody's fast. Even the slow guys are really quick. So it doesn't, it, doesn't, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't play well to put yourself in situations where you're not able uh, to make a play or find like a heel. So in other words, he attacks the middle of the ice, and one of the defensive forwards starts to skate towards him while well, he's coming on an angle. That's a heel. Make a pass to the heel of where the guy's coming from and then jump by him and try to get the puck back. Like I think that's an area of opportunity for him is to really learn the how the hot zone is can be utilized as it relates to entries. I think that's a major area of opportunity. Instead of feeling like he needs to carry the mail all the way through all three all three zones. I think he can he can make some plays and get the puck back and become infinitely more dangerous. So he's I, I think that's a huge, huge area. The last thing I wanted to talk about with him is his D zone defending. Now it, it, when he's defending in the defensive zone, he is a reaction defender. So he kind of gets to a spot first and then he reads the play from there. And then he sorts out who his check is. And then when his check gets the puck, he goes and defends him. That's reaction. And when you're reacting, it causes you to get there late. And you play much more of a contained style defending. So that's very different than what we heard from Dursey. Dursey, he's there before the puck gets there. He's already he's already there. He is an attachment style defender. He's a, He recognizes who has early check ID. He identifies who his check is. He gets over there, and if you touch the puck, he's right there. He's not. He's putting you under pressure before you get it, and gets a lot of takeaways that way. This is not Harley. Harley's different. He lays off of you, waits till you get the puck. When you get it, well, now he's going to go engage. And so the biggest challenge with that is, is that the his check makes a lot of plays. So he, the the guy might not beat him and take him to the net. That, but he's passing the puck, and the puck continues to move. And in the NHL, the the good defending teams, they stop people, and they stop the puck. 
the puck gets stopped in their zone and people get stopped in the zone. So if you're a reaction defender, people are going to be moving and they're going to continue to move and, you know, they're going to move the puck and you can finish your check if you like, but the puck's already gone and it's continuing to 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 pressure your defensive unit because the, the longer the puck is in motion and the more the people are in motion, the more pressure you're on under. So the earlier you can get the puck stopped or get people stopped, it just creates much easier way of defending. So... One of the things, if he's going to play this reaction-style defender, he has to have an elite, elite, elite defensive stick. And that's a huge area of opportunity. Using the stick to influence, to contain, to force the turn. Once the guy turns, then that's his, that invites him into pressure and then contain the puck uh, and create conditions in, for himself to be aggressive. But that's his de- defensive stick to me is a huge area of opportunity. Doesn't have a, a very strong defensive stick in the sense of of having it dictate play. And I think that he could definitely learn to do that in short order, and will need to because it's a it's a massive area of defending. So for me, with uh, with Thomas, I think understanding this whole rush defending and what these defensive lines are and how to get there, like whether he's going to continue to use crossovers or whether he's going to update skating and use more like ladder steps and uh, those types of movements, uh, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. It's just trying to find ways to eliminate exposure due to skating uh, off the lines and not establishing the better positions when the, when the player is exiting the zone, and it's a clear rush defense in more of the traditional sense, the forward is skating forwards and you are skating backwards, you have an opportunity to establish the line. And if you establish the line, you pressure the defender, the, the offensive player, to try to find a, a way to be able to manipulate you from your position of strength. So giving up that position of strength puts you in a situation where you can be manipulated and it can be it can be problematic because they're giving away your strength, and I think that that's interesting. The other one is rush and using his stick inside of his skating. I think his stick, in general, just could be uh, could be a massive growth opportunity. How he uses it in his skating, how he uses it to defend, how he uses it uh, in terms of uh, of being able to hide his reach because he's so tall and long and rangy. He could hide his reach and invite checkers uh, and invite puck carriers into his space and get ticks and takeaways like this is a huge area of opportunity available to him to be able to understand how to use a stick more effectively and then uh, the rush offense I think just learning the hot zone and u- utilizing entries and creating entries that lead to offense instead of getting boxed he gets the entry he gets painted in the corner and he lays it in deep rather than you know make a Come through the neutral zone, you know, and uh, look like you want to take an entry. Invite pressure uh, to you, and then whichever guy comes, you pass it to the side the guy come from. Now that creates a lane or an entry opportunity. You keep going, jump past the check, get the puck back. That like that should be uh, a staple part of of his game, and is a staple part of guys who rush the puck. There in the NHL, going from one end to the other. It's just not that common. I mean, you got Makar who does it maybe most frequent, but he, he that's a different that's a different animal. 
uh, most of the other guys are, are finding ways either in transition or through these like through this utilization of the hot zone. So that'd be a huge area of opportunity. And then D zone defending, the small area skating and not having to use wider space and move away from reaction defending and get into more proactive defending in some way, somehow. I'm not saying go over and attach to your check because that may not be the defensive zone coverage and the principles that are from a team play perspective, but at least give yourself a chance um, to, to put yourself in a spot with some type of early ID where you can then start controlling play. So when the guy, your check gets it, you have a fighting chance of being able to control the check in terms of space, forcing him to stop, forcing the puck to stop, and then obviously improving his stick in defending is another massive, massive area of opportunity to control play. So many times he's late to the play, his check has the puck, the check moves the puck, and he goes, finishes his check, but it's already gone. And rather than being able to get there uh, while the puck is still there, you know, maybe get a wedge where he wedges his stick between the skates and the and the stick elbow of the the elbow of the stick, and get in there and, and deny you know turns and cutbacks and things like that, or or even get his stick in a passing lane or or declare a passing lane to take something away. Uh, so that he can at least control the play as to where it's going. So there's just a uh, not unsurprising for a player who's played 34 games in the NHL that there's a few things on the list that are going to be things that were not necessarily exposed in playing in the OHL or playing in 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 the American League. You might not see these. You might have been able to get away with uh, with these types of these types of things there. But now in the NHL, that jump is just so high for a defenseman to get into this spot. And so it's very, very cool to be able to go through tactical skating. And this guy is a great study because he can skate. It's not like he can't skate. It's not like he's a good, not a good skater. He's a good skater. But his utility of the skating is where the area of opportunity is. I mean, talk about a fascinating topic. I was so excited to be able to go through that with this one. So that's... That's what I'm thinking with a, with a guy like Thomas Harley, and I'm really excited to see how how he ends up. Like, what does he do to adapt and adjust? I think that that'll give us some insight because he might come up with some interesting ways in which he settles these issues and gets himself. Uh, and so what those adjustments are going to be will give us good insight as to what he's thinking and then will also give us good insight to how we might help others they come behind him that are similar. So really cool, uh, really cool with, with Thomas Harley.